0: Welcome to it. It's Husker Sports Weekly, your one-stop shop for all things Husker Sports. And today we have episode number 44 for you today. And we are very excited for today's episode. Will Bolton, his squad defied the odds and went and grabbed the Big Ten regular season title this weekend by going a perfect 4-0 in Indiana. We will dive into that more later in the episode. And we will also take a look at the NBA playoff pictures so far. We'll get our reactions to results of games and what each series looks like after two games in. But before we get into any of that, you should know who you're listening to. My name is Connor Clark, alongside Grant Hanson. As always, you can find us on Twitter at C underscore Clark underscore 27 and Hanson 15 underscore Hanson. You can find our show on Spotify and Anchor.fm. Just search Husker Sports Weekly in the search bar and follow us on Twitter at Husker Weekly for more updates on episodes and Husker sports. So we'll dive in with Husker Baseball. They are 29-11. and 11. They went 4-0 this past weekend against Indiana and Ohio State. They played two games against each opponent. They won both of them against each opponent. They claimed the Big Ten Championship this weekend, which was not something that was very expected to happen this weekend, right. but it happened. Um, so they're heading into the final weekend against Michigan for a three-game series at home, ranked 20th the second time this year. The Huskers have been ranked 20th. And we'll go back to towards the beginning of the season Before everything started, Nebraska was not even picked to to finish top six in the conference in Will Bolt's, I guess you could really call it his first season, but it's really his second even though he just played like 15 games in his first year. So a big accomplishment there for Will Bolt in uh, a very small tenure at Nebraska. Uh, A very successful weekend, I know we talked about this on the show last weekend, that we were expecting Nebraska to maybe take two or three games out of four, not all four, so, a very encouraging uh, series heading into the final weekend, and we have a championship under our belt.
1: Yeah, and again, like you had discussed a little bit earlier, you know, we no, we didn't think here that that they were going to win all four, you know, and I, I think a lot of that is just cautious optimism, or maybe potentially, in this case, pessimism, uh, about how well this team is going to perform each week in... In fact, it really didn't end up mattering what we we ended up thinking because they won all four games, and they did so at least to some in some capacity convincingly. You know, of course, you have the Ohio State game that was eleven to nine, a two run separation on the first game of the doubleheader last Saturday, and that was a fantastic comeback. And so, you know, in terms of the weekend, I mean, it, it couldn't have gone better. I mean, literally, could not have gone better. Um, other than maybe, I guess, shutting out your opponents, but you know. Just something that I didn't expect. That's kind of been you know, the theme all year for this team, doing things that a lot of people didn't expect they were going to do. And you mentioned them not being in the top six projected Big Ten standings. And to me, that was always kind of insane. Um, they're a team that showed a lot of good stuff, even in that short 15-game stretch uh, a year ago, that brought back some solid talent, brought in some JUCO talent. So, you know, I, I I that to me was always a little bit mystifying. Um, but, I mean, it wouldn't be the last time <clears throat> Nebraska's been doubted in something. Um, but it might be the first time in the last three to four years that Nebraska was doubted and actually proved some people wrong.
0: Now just a quick look at the results from this weekend. So... The first game against Indiana was on Friday, May 21st. They won that game 8-5. to uh, That game was pretty back and forth. That was a good game to watch. Then, fast forward May, Saturday, twenty the 22nd of May. Uh, that was that comeback game where Nebraska won 11-9 to after trailing by seven runs in that game. So that was a, a very big win to pick up there. Then they beat Indiana later that day, 3-1 to Chance Roach with an absolute gem of a ball game on the mound. Um, pitching a complete game. And then... Fast forward, May 23rd this past Sunday, dominance against Ohio State opened up with a five spot in the first. They never looked back, and they went at 9 nothing which also claimed that Big Ten championship. So uh, a very good offensive weekend for the Huskers. Uh, uh, if You could take out that second game on Saturday, but they, they played well defensively on that game too. But you have 8, 11, and 9 in three out of the four games. that's We talked about it last week too, the amount of hits that this team has, uh, has uh, gotten over the past couple of uh, series and the amount of runs they've been able to score along with those hits. And we certainly saw it here this weekend. Um, and we, we saw a, a lot of players kind of continue what they were doing and a couple break out of their shell. I know we, we've seen Bryce Matthews really grow as a player this season. And his average and his offensive numbers have really gone up um, since, since the start of the year. Obviously, we saw Max Anderson do his thing. We saw Schwellenbach do his thing in the field on the mound, uh, on the plate. Um, We saw Chance Roach do his thing. Povich had a solid game. So, uh, not really much to complain about this weekend. Just a uh, a lot of good things to happen. Who are some players, or what are some moments that stuck out to you this weekend, Grant?
1: I mean, the offensive firepower certainly sticks out to me a lot. 40 hits combined in the four games. Twenty in each of the two pairs. So the first two games, twenty hits. So the last two games, twenty hits. That's something that this team is going to need because we, you know, we saw, you know, in that game against Ohio State, especially the first one that you know Shea Shonneman and he's been serviceable at different times this year. He's produced, but he's not going to be a guy who is going to go complete like like is. He's just he's not that guy yet, right? So you're going to need to score quite a few runs in games that he starts and Nebraska was able to do that and able to come back in that game and outscore Ohio State down the stretch. So that was something that really stuck out to me. And again, we talked a lot about this weekend being in many ways a trial run for the regional um, and then potential super regional. And this team played in the way that it really should and is going to have to in those games. Uh, So that, that was really big, you know, Povich, for the first time kind of looked human a little bit in that game on friday but still able to produce a very very solid outing and the bullpen was able to do basically what they were advertised to do uh, before that rutgers collapse and so you know it, it's been a really 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 great weekend for nebraska and you really just hate that you drop one of well, all of those games against rutgers if you could have picked up one or two you'd probably be hosting a regional right now and a lot of people want them you know, the NCAA to reconsider the regional sites. And unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, but it really, really should, because, you know, this team should have been hosting a regional. And we'll see how they perform against Michigan this weekend.
0: Yeah, big series coming up against Michigan this weekend, as Grant said, not hosting a regional. It'll be interesting to see where Nebraska ends up. But before we move on from from Nebraska baseball, I think we should really take a look at just kind of how obviously the year was, was extremely crazy and with everything going on and not even knowing if they're going to have a baseball season and um, just the, the Big Ten able to allow the baseball season to happen along with the softball season and all, all the other spring sports and then have fans. It's been a crazy Crazy spring, yeah. um, and through all the ups and downs, this team was able to come together and and play a, a really good schedule. Uh, as we mentioned, their record earlier in the show, 29 and 11, so they have a chance to potentially go 32 and 11 through this through this shortened season that they have with no non-conference. Uh, a very just a really strong display from Nebraska, and we'll just kind of go over this the season in review heading into the The last weekend, I mean, they took three of four from Purdue, um, saw a couple of rough patches there. They lost three in a row twice, as Grant mentioned, the Rutgers sweep, and then uh, they lost three in a row to Ohio State and then two to Iowa. They bounced back with two uh, two wins against Iowa, though, so that was a big turning point. Then you had the sweep against Minnesota. You had two or three against Illinois. You had two or three against Maryland, which is looking very good right now, considering Maryland is ranked heading into this week. Uh, You have the sweep against Penn State. You took two of three from Michigan State. You got swept by Rutgers, but then you take two of three in Piscataway. You take both games back home, and then you take all four this weekend. It just kind of it shows what kind of team this is, and that. And a lot of people like to go back to the Jackson Hallmark quote that they just don't care about like what what are the obstacles in the way. They don't care about it. If we got to fly to India to go play a baseball game, they don't care. They have just displayed an enormous amount of of grit and pride and uh, just confidence in themselves too, which is, it's, it's hard to come by, especially losing that first game and not having the greatest start in the world. And then you just come back and you hit a bump in the road, and then they just bounce right back and, they're in a great position moving forward and getting two wins against a ranked opponent and then four wins this weekend heading into the final weekend. It's, it's just been really fun to watch.
1: Yeah, they have been. I mean, they've been fun all year, and they've produced something that's been very entertaining, I think, you know, for Nebraska fans who have had a really, really rough last couple of years um, in just about everything except for volleyball, right? um and so and of course you do have the bowling title and you I mean there's definitely other things that have happened just not so much stuff that's televised uh and so for them to be able to do this in the way that they did in the year that they have you know with the obstacles that are against them does show how much they just kind of don't care what's in their way they just go out and play baseball and so that is you know there's almost another one you know thrown right in front of them while they were playing the game against Ohio State you know the Big Ten was discussing adding additional games so that Nebraska couldn't technically clinch. Um, now, the only game that would have been added in theory is Nebraska-Northwestern, which in all likelihood would have probably been a Nebraska victory. But at the same time, they they got a lot of blowback on social media as soon as, some, as something like that broke. And I don't know if that made an influence in them choosing not to do that or what, but they chose not to... At the game. That was something that was really, really weird. You know, just another one of those really weird Big Ten administrative things, a PR blunder after PR blunder after PR blunder for them that has been this whole last year. Um, but I think, you know, the uh, this is a huge test this weekend against Michigan because Nebraska's ranked again. And they have kind of, cl- after falling down against Rutgers, they have really climbed the mountain once more. That, you know, they've secured the Big Ten title, so in theory, there is nothing for them yet you know, left to play for in this Big Ten area. Um uh, but it's really big to see you you're coming up against probably the second best or third best team in the Big Ten, depending on how things shake out. And how do you respond here? Because the last time you were ranked, you lost three in a row to Rutgers at home in front of a pretty big crowd. So, you know, it's a chance to see here, what does this team learn from the last time they were in this situation and how can they produce this time? And so that's something I'm very, very interested to see. And again, relatively low stakes, right? You're probably going to be a two seed no matter where you end up in the regionals. So um, that's definitely big. But of course, if you win more, there's a lot less chance you get sent to Arkansas or somewhere else where it's a lot harder to get out of that regional.
0: Yeah, you bring up a a great point about this series against Michigan. This is the first meeting between these two teams this year. Michigan currently third in the Big Ten after losing two of three to Maryland. But this is is a big momentum series for Nebraska. And as you mentioned, how is this team going, going to respond after being ranked for the second time this year? As you mentioned, the sweep against Rutgers happened the first time this team was ranked. So... What has this team learned? How are they going to put that into place? And as Grant mentioned, winning more probably keeps you out of Arkansas or out of Arizona, the places you don't really want to end up for a regional, especially if you are a team like Nebraska who is good, but those teams are just like, whoa, like next level good. And and some of the top teams in the country. So
1: and, and we don't know. We don't know if Nebraska. Hear, and
0: I know we said this last week, and we were pleasantly surprised. But
1: well, we we don't know if Nebraska is at that level or not because they haven't played any non conference games, right? So yeah, that is true. That like that's the big thing that we're trying. You know, most people are trying to figure out like how well does the Big Ten line up against everybody else? How well does Nebraska line up against everybody else? You know, and, and the pitching that's. That's a pretty big deal, I think, for this regional. And that was something that I was fairly happy with. You know, I mean, if you have two guys in the top of your starting rotation who could, in theory, throw complete games, that's good. Shea Shanniman's probably the weak spot, or Shanniman, rather, is probably the weak spot. Uh, but, you know, that's definitely something to watch. And now you don't have any more four game weekends. And so you're kind of out of areas to test before we go into actual real regional play. But the pitching is, and how well does that line up against other teams and other conferences, that's another big thing.
0: Right, and as you said, we don't really know how the Big Ten matches up against other conferences. I saw during one of the TV broadcasts on Big Ten Network this past weekend, they were talking about how deep the conference is, usually more than, than years prior. They, they listed about six teams um, that had a shot and it was from Nebraska at the top, Maryland, Michigan, Indiana, Iowa, and Ohio State. Now, Ohio State's probably out of it now. They're nineteen. But th- this is going to be huge if Nebraska can win the series. That'll be a momentum boost. That they can, they, they, they can show the country that they can play well while, while ranked in the top 25, finally. And uh, it can keep you out of those really tough regionals, give you a better chance to move on to the Super Regional. And it can, it can show that maybe the Big Ten isn't as much of a pushover in baseball as a lot of people think it is. Or, I mean, you could have three or four teams from the Big Ten do a solid job in these regionals. You could have a couple move on even. I mean, we the last time there was a College World Series, we saw Michigan in it in the final. So we don't know what's going to happen here. Right. It's, it's almost kind of like a March Madness feel, but... Uh, I, I'm super excited for this regional. I know everybody else in, in Husker Nation is very excited for this super regional. Um, and, I mean, for a guy who is no longer on the campus of Lincoln or in the state of Nebraska, I am overjoyed that these three games are on Big Ten Network so I can watch them.
1: Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to watch them. And, of course, if they were on BTN+, Plus, um, they would be... Quality, I mean, as compared to everybody else, I mean, the BTN Plus broadcasts from (laughs) Nebraska are virtually Big Ten broadcasts, with the exception of the broadcasters are not Big Ten employees. Uh, But, you know, it's going to be a big weekend, and I'm really interested to see how they respond. I really am, because, again, they're back on top of the world, at least in the Big Ten, you know, and the last time that happened... Husker fans ended up leaving Haymarket disappointed, and I hope that doesn't happen this time. And I I don't think it will. This is not the kind of team that repeats its mistakes, I don't think. Um, And and so it'll be very exciting. I'm not saying I expect a sweep here, um, but I expect this team to still stay focused and, and to be very, very driven. And it'll be very interesting. Where do they end up? How far from home do they end up? Uh, is the NCA still concerned about teams traveling with COVID-19, uh, you know, restrictions Do they not want them to travel very far, like had been originally discussed? Uh, and so how does that influence maybe a team like Nebraska who normally would not be going to Fayetteville and Arkansas, you know, does that send them there anyway, just because of proximity? Um, so that will be very, very, very interesting to see. And again... Once this team gets there, that's kind of all you have to do. After that, you just kind of play baseball, which is what this team does best, and we'll see what happens.
0: I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> this team does do just play baseball. Uh, that's the best thing that they do. So uh, a very, very exciting series coming up. If you're still in Lincoln or if you live in Lincoln, go show out to Haymarket Park. The guys will very much appreciate it and we don't really have to uh, uh encourage Husker fans to go to sporting events no
1: no that's like that's not a thing, definitely not uh, and also how about uh how about Maryland? like <laughs> We all thought that that there was going to be three yeah. big ten teams that go, and Maryland has since losing two or three against Nebraska, Maryland has been impeccable. They could end up being second or third in the big ten. they were I think they play Illinois this weekend. Not, you might have to check me on that, but Maryland has made a push to be the fourth Big Ten to earn a team to earn a bid, or maybe even bump Indiana out. They have made a great, great push down the stretch.
0: Maryland currently, they're currently second in the in the Big Ten conference. Indiana got pushed down to fourth after this weekend. Um, so but I mean, that's a Maryland, that's a big jump. Michigan. So
1: I, I'm pulling up. All those teams are separated by about one game, I think. Um, one to
0: two games. Yeah, Maryland and Michigan have the same record, I believe. Maryland, as we mentioned before, in the top 25 for this week. For the first time this year. Um, so, yeah, and they deserve it. Yeah, losing two of three to Nebraska. Then they win three straight against Ohio State. They, t- they're, they split two games with Iowa. They take 2-of-2 from Northwestern. They take 3-of-3 from Minnesota. They take 2-of-3 from Illinois. Then they swept Purdue. So, yeah, they've been red hot. They took 2-of-3 from Michigan. We saw that crazy game on Friday night, too, which uh, (laughs) they almost blew it in the ninth there. But they have three games coming up against Indiana this weekend to close out the series. So that's an interesting series.
1: Yes. Okay, because I, I thought they played Illinois. So they do have a very, very serious kind of matchup. Now, of course, it's just jockeying for position under Nebraska. um. But, you know, the schedule really finishes very, very well for the Big Ten just in terms of entertainment level. Um, Unfortunately, not just – Right. Like, it doesn't matter as much because you chose not to allow these teams to play non-conference games when literally everybody else did. Uh, that – still sticks in my craw really hard because nebraska could be in a much better position right now um if they had been allowed to play non-conference games and actually you know maybe they wouldn't be you know maybe they wouldn't be in a better position uh in terms of record if they had played non-conference games but at least we would know at that point what kind of team this was i think they would right. be in a better position uh, as opposed to losing some of those non-conference games but still it's just a huge blown opportunity by the big ten and uh, who's grown as a conference with baseball in the last decade to not put their teams out there on, on, on center stage.
0: Well, as you mentioned, very good TV for the Big Ten uh, finishing up this weekend. So you have the the one verse uh, – let, let me pull up the standings here real quick. But you, Okay, so you have the one verse three, which is Nebraska versus Michigan, and the two verse four. So top four teams in action, all against each other, uh, which should be uh, a very good weekend for Big Ten baseball. But Nebraska is your Big Ten champion, and uh, we can all we can all get happy about that. You can go order your shirts or whatever, um, and go show out to Haymarket Park for this weekend for a very very fun series to close out the year. So. We'll move on from Husker Baseball. We'll talk about some pro sports here as the NBA playoffs are a couple of games in now. Uh, Each series has gone through two games, as we saw um, last night, the the last two games. And so far, I mean, so good for for the NBA playoffs. I know every single game one was really entertaining. Uh, I know it wasn't the same as much for game two. There were a couple of blowouts here and there, but... Um, overall, I, I would say these playoffs have been very good TV so far.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's been incredibly entertaining. Uh, every series had a good first game, like you mentioned. Even, you know, the 1-8 games. In the East, you had uh, the 76ers facing off against the Wizards, and the Wizards made a game of it. I mean, it was a 10-point game going down the stretch, less than. So that was really good. And then my Memphis Grizzlies were able to pick off game one, excuse me, from the Jazz. So that was... Kind of surprising in a lot of ways. I think Memphis is very much a team on the rise. Uh, the The disappointing thing, I think, is that in so many ways you have to build through free agency. So they've got the coach and they've got the young players, but can you actually get anyone to come to Memphis? And traditionally, the answer, with the exception of people named Gasol, the answer has been no. Um, so that's kind of disappointing. But again, you know, the fact that they took a game from the best team in the West uh, is pretty encouraging. And that the Knicks Atlanta series is very, very interesting to me in the East. And those are two teams that are really good. They're going to provide you a very, very interesting first round series. And then they're just going to get smashed by the 76ers, I think in the next round, but at least for now, like it's entertaining.
0: Well, Grant is a Grizzlies fan that you are you should be having nightmares of Donovan Mitchell for the rest of the playoffs because he is healthy. We saw him come out with a bang last night. I mean, he took off like none other. He had 12 quick points in the first quarter, and i, I that's a big reason why I think the Grizzlies won that first game. They did play well last night. I mean, they put up 129. Uh, just right. their defense wasn't the greatest, and a healthy Jazz team is a really hard team to beat. So... Uh, no fault there. Uh, just a couple of scores to go around the league from Game 2. So the Bucks, uh obliterated the heat in Game 2, 132-98. to Nuggets beat the Blazers 128-109. So Milwaukee's up 2-0. Uh, Blazers, Nuggets are tied at 1. Uh, Brooklyn beat the Celtics 130-108. Brooklyn leads that series 2-0, heading back to Boston. Uh, the Lakers tied up the Lakers' Sun series in Game 2. So that series is tied at 1, going back to... Los Angeles. The Mavericks have a 2-0 lead on the Clippers heading to Dallas. Uh, so they stole both home games for the Clippers. Not really sure what's going on there. There's a lot of issues that really shouldn't fake. be happening. Um, as Grant mentioned, the Wizards made a game out of it in Game 1. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the Wizards uh, were unable to really make a game out of it in Game 2. They lost 120-905. to 905. Uh, Knicks-Hawks last night, 101-92 in favor of the Knicks. That series is tied at 1. And then as we just mentioned, the Jazz beat the Grizzlies 141-129. to 129. That series is tied at one. Going to Memphis, which are a very important two games for the Grizzlies, and I think they could probably take another one heading back to Utah. I, I could very well this, see the series going 2-2 back to game five.
1: Yeah, I mean, if Memphis can take this series to six games instead of being gentlemen's sweep at uh, five, which is kind of what I think is going to happen, I would, I, you know... That would be very encouraging. I, I just, I'm, you know, they, they scored a lot last night, but, you know, whatever. Uh, the Bucks Heat, I think that thing's pretty much toast. Um, we'll see how the Bucks play tonight, but I really don't think the Heat stand much of a chance. Tyler Hero, whoo, fake, pretty dang fake. Uh, so, <laughs> might want to retract all your yeah. rap songs you were writing about him.
0: <laughs> yeah i don't know i was never really on the tyler hero bandwagon i know we had that one good game in the playoffs last year but i don't know the, the big issue going on i i think it's a mixture of the heat not playing to their full potential and the bucks playing really well um that first game that they had was phenomenal i mean it was neck and neck all the way to the end chris middleton won the game for him but I didn't really get to watch this game, but it sounded like it was domination from start to finish. I don't know if you can attest to that.
1: No, it definitely was. And, you know, I'm personally, I am not here for the Chris Middleton slander. I, I think all the people who are out there say, oh, he's not a number one. I mean, yes. Do do I think it's weird that for the game-winning shot, the Bucks go with Chris Middleton instead of Giannis? Yeah, I suppose that's weird. Um but, like, the thing is, Chris Middleton's a really, really good player, and he's going to get the Bucks whatever they need to win. And so deciding if he's a number one or a number two doesn't really matter to me. Middleton and Giannis are kind of a two-headed monster, and Middleton has always been incredibly underrated. Uh, so, you know, tonight for the Heat, it's kind of the last gasp. We'll see if Jimmy Butler shows up because, man, like, the more we see this load management stuff, and we'll see it with the Clippers when we talk a little bit about their series, but the load management stuff is just bad. It is it is bad for players. And the only team that kind of did load management and is having relative success right now is the Nets. Um, but, you know, Jimmy Butler barely played this season, uh, and it's showing. Because well, it can. <laughs> right? Well, and, and, But the Clippers barely played this season together. Uh, different points and it's showing like so I you know I, I just I think it, it's just such a bad bad look the whole the whole thing with with resting guys when they're not remotely close to injured
0: yeah the whole Clippers situation is really interesting and um, I don't know from, from a Huskers perspective you don't want to hate on them too much because they have Ty Lue as their coach right but it is – that was really weird, and as you mentioned it, it is showing. I mean, the Mavericks have looked really good in these first two games. And when you have – I mean, the, that that Mavericks team, when healthy, is – I mean, you look at that roster. You have Doncic, Porzingis. You have a lot of good role players around them too. So that's a tough team to stop, and especially going back to Dallas. I mean, good luck to you, Clippers, because yeah, I, I think I, this game – or this series, rather, could go to – Five max.
1: Yeah, I think they're rate. toast. And I, I think I'm gonna go so far as to say I think that the Mavs will beat the Jazz. I think it'll be a really good series, probably six or seven games. But I think the Mavs beat the Jazz and, and get woo. and get to the uh, Western Conference Finals. I, I, Luca is playing so well. Um, he is just so he's just such a different player. You know, you, you people call Porzingis the unicorn, and Porzingis is fallen off here a little bit lately, but he's just had a lot of injuries and that kinda happens to players that are tall, um, like him. That's correct. Uh but Luca is a real unicorn, a guy who just does does so many different things and and does them all so well. So it'll it'll be interesting. Defense has kind of been the trouble for the Mavs uh throughout the whole year and so <clears throat> hopefully they can wrap up this series um uh, by Sunday, but like they've they've done a um a good job defensively in this series, I think that is probably what could hold them back the most, especially against the Jazz. Uh, but for now, I mean... And what in the world do the Clippers do? I mean, if they get swept, like... Well, like, how do you fix this? I mean, I don't really know if yeah, you can. Yeah,
0: that's not going to be good. It's it's a, it's a problem that you can't really put a finger on. To, like... This year, I guess you could point to the fact that they they were resting players to uh, try and what people think avoid a matchup with the Lakers. But we saw this last year. I mean, we saw them blow a 3-1 lead. So, like, what is the issue with the Clippers in the playoffs? They have Paul George. They have Kawhi Leonard. I mean, (laughs) you see those two names together, you expect greatness, right? So, and I get it, the Western Conference is hard. But they are a team that should be advancing one, two, maybe even three rounds in the playoffs and they just can't do it. And it's so weird and it's I, I just, I I can't put a finger on it. it. It, It's beyond me.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're just not clutch. I mean, that's probably just the easiest way to put it. I mean, you know, anyone who's yeah. paid a lot of attention to what NBA media people have been saying recently, right? I mean, everybody's putting the stat out there. The Clippers were one of the worst teams in the league literally bottom five in terms of clutch points. So points uh, or shooting differential inside of four minutes, or I think four to six minutes left in the game. So that number shifts depending on who you're talking to. But they're really bad. They're just mm-hmm. awful in that spot. And, and and so it'll be interesting to see what they do in the offseason because the offseason is going to get here much sooner than they think or had planned on. And uh, and then you look at that down the <laughs> other team that, was resting players, the Nets. You know, it'll be interesting to see what happens next. I think the Nets are going to come against up against the Bucks, and I think they're going to run into a buzzsaw. I mean, I think it might be six, six games, seven games, but I, I think the Nets are going to lose to the Bucks, and we'll see what happens. But, you know, that's the only team that has had a lot of success, and, and they did a lot of resting players. The fact that James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving before the playoffs had only played eight games in this entire, even though the season was shortened, But even during this entire season, they've only played eight games together. That's bonkers.
0: That is crazy, and that should have never happened. But, I mean, they're still having success. Um, When you have a three-headed monster like that, it is going to be really tough to stop. As you mentioned, Grant, the Hawks-Knicks series is going to be very interesting heading into these next couple of games. I fully expect this one to go seven. Yep. Um, the Trey Young hate is real in New York, as we saw that last night. So um, I know he, he's excited to get back to Atlanta and play these next two games, but um, you've had Julius Randle playing well. You've had Derrick Rose playing very well for the Knicks. Todd Gibson has been a, a, a good contributing piece. Um, you've got quickly. You've got uh, Toppen with a couple of uh, clutch points there down at the end with that with that alley-oop dunk. So you you have a, a good core in New York, and I mean even the Hawks like you have Trey Young, you have Clint Capella, you have Bogdanovich. Um, uh, I mean th- this is just a very evenly matched series. I think it's one of the most evenly matched series that we have in the playoffs and. The first two games have been awesome, and I think this game's going to go, or this series is going to go seven. Um, I think the Hawks are going to win, but we will see. We'll probably have a better gauge after four games.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Knicks were right there. I mean, the Knicks were right there, but for Trey Young kind of silencing Madison Square Garden. Uh, so, you know, we'll see how this one ends up. A lot of people were hoping this Mavs-Clippers series would end up being the Western Conference equivalent of Knicks and Hawks, it just hasn't been. Um, (laughs) Excuse me. But, like, this series has been perfect in many ways so far. So, again, only two games in, so things could just go drastically off the rails for either of these teams, I suppose. Uh, But, you know, it's been really good. And, again, I I mean, if I were to draw a Western Conference equivalent, maybe it's Blazers-Nuggets. Because um, that game, th- that series will be back and forth. And again, neither of those teams, I don't think anyone really expects to make it past that second round, uh, whether it is the Lakers or the Suns who are playing them. Uh, But, you know, that's probably the nearest equivalent uh, to what we've got in the East with the Knicks and the Hawks.
0: All right, well, we got a couple of Game 3s today. We've got three of them. Today, Bucks, Heat, Suns, Lakers, and Nuggets, Trailblazers. So that'll be in Miami, L.A., and Portland. So very exciting matchups coming up in the NBA playoffs. And that will do it for us on episode number 44 of Husker Sports Weekly. We talked Husker baseball and their Big Ten championship and their big series coming up against Michigan, and we talked NBA playoffs. So thanks so much for tuning in. Don't forget to find our show on Spotify and Anchor.fm. Just search Husker Sports Weekly in the search bar. Find us on Twitter at Husker Weekly. We'll be back next week with a brand-new episode and brand-new Husker content talking about regionals for baseball after this Michigan series. So once again, thanks so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Go Big Red.